5. James chapter number 5. I was uh, going to give you some things this afternoon to, to try to be a help to you. Uh, but I'm going to tell you it is not my material. I wish I could claim it as mine. It's very good material. Um, I was reading an article by a pastor friend of mine just a few weeks ago. And uh, as I was finishing up the year, uh, reading on some topics that I, I believe that the Lord wants me to work on in some areas in my life this year, and uh, on the topic of prayer. And so uh, there were some things he had written, and I had never considered some of this before, and they've been a, a great help to me. Um, so I'm going to share some of them. I'll, I'll make some of my own comments in between them, but I want to share some of the things uh, that he had mentioned that, I, that perhaps will be a help to us. Let's look in James chapter number 5, if you will, verse number 16. Uh, the Bible tells us, Confess your faults one to another and pray one for another, that ye may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elias was a man uh, subject to like passions as we are. And he prayed earnestly, earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven rain, gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Father, I pray that you bless the message and the time that we spend here together. And, Lord, that you would use it uh, to be a help to us in the area of our praying. And, Lord, may we uh, be effective as we pray, that we would pray as you would long for us to do. And then, Father, that you would allow us to accomplish great things through prayer. Bless the time we spend here together this afternoon. It will be a help and encouragement to us along the way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I have often preached on the passage of the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man. We've heard a lot of messages on that. When I was reading the article that this friend of mine had written, I had never, I know I should have, but in studying the passage, I have never gone on and tied verses 17 and 18 to verse number 16. But James here is writing of the effectual fervent prayer and then gives as an example Elijah and the idea of uh, being a prayer warrior and he shows some of the examples of Elijah. And so uh, the, he gives four things that he mentions that he believes was uh, typical of Elijah's praying. And I think if the Bible uses Elijah as the example in this case, then you and I can take him as our example in prayer, uh, that there are certain things that characterized Elijah's prayer. So, uh, Lord willing, this afternoon we're going to give you four things uh, that I believe that the Bible shows and that teaches uh, regarding the way that Elijah would pray. Uh, the first thing I believe that it shows us is that uh, Elijah prayed expecting an answer. Uh, you don't challenge all the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel and say, let's have a, 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 a competition and make the, the, uh, the thrust of the competition the validity of your prayer life without expecting God to answer your prayers. Uh, could you imagine if Elijah had uh, done so and had gotten to the top of the mountain and he prayed not really expecting God to bring fire down? Uh, I was reminded of the story when I read that point. I was reminded of the story of the village, the, 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 the town years ago that was going through a drought, and some of the uh, farmers decided that they were going to have a prayer meeting. 
for God to send the rain. And as they came to the building where they were going to have the prayer meeting, only one farmer showed up with an umbrella. And uh, it shows how oftentimes when we pray, we really don't expect God to answer, or at least to answer powerfully and supernaturally. And I, 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 I think of these things, and the truth is, we don't like to admit that we are that way, but more times than we care to uh, probably admit to, when we pray, we don't expect God to answer. And here's how I know that. Uh, we'll talk about an answer to prayer from time to time. And we'll start with something like this. Boy, you won't believe what happened. <laughs> or, boy, this was amazing. I, I can't believe this. Well, did we pray for it? Why can't we believe it if we prayed for it? I, I think so often we are surprised by God's answers to prayer when we really ought to be expectant of God to answer prayer. And uh, so I, I, I look at the prayer life of Elijah by his example when he would pray. Uh, three times Elijah called down fire from heaven in his ministry. Uh, that, that's pretty good. If he had done it one time, it would have been miraculous. But he, he prays. Uh, you know, he would pray and the weather <laughs> would, would respond. God would control the weather with his prayers. Do you not believe that God can still do those same things today? The psalmist speaks of the fact that the Lord's arm is not, uh, not shortened. He's not lost his strength. He's not lost his power or his ability. I know it's a small thing sometimes, but I was telling Brother Harold just a moment ago down at lunch, I was carrying some sheets of drywall in yesterday morning from Lowe's about 6 o'clock in the morning, and the gusts of wind were about 40 miles an hour. And, boy, I'll tell you what, as I was loading it up, we were at Lowe's loading double sheets. You know what I'm talking about where they're taped on the ends? And one of the Lowe's helpers and I, we were loading them in the truck, and I took... Uh, one of those ratchet straps, and I set it on the top of my cover for my bed. And literally within seconds, the wind had blown those big heavy buckles. The wind had blown that strap all the way to the front of my truck. And that's how strong, and we're trying to load these things in. And I'm thinking, Lord, when I get back to the house, and it's all mucky and, and uh, slippery mud uh, and everything from raining, I said, Lord, I'm not going to be able to unload this, this uh, drywall without, uh, this, with this wind the way it is. And I'm talking to God just about like I'm talking to you out loud in the truck. And I'm like, Lord, you gotta, you got to help me on this. I can't do this. And I got back to my sister and brother-in-law's house, and I opened my driver's side door. And, and the wind was so strong, I was pushing against the door, against the wind, trying to open the door. And you could hear it in the trees just howling. And I got out, and I took the ratchet strap off. And about the time I took the ratchet strap off, the wind just died down. And it, it, it's still blowing about maybe 8 or 10 miles an hour, but I carried... 16 sheets of drywall and it took about a half an hour to carry uh, 16 sheets of drywall into the house and not one time did it take off like a sail. Uh, there were probably a few little gusts in between when I was walking back to get another sheet, but every time I was carrying it, the wind died down. And, and you say, Brother Greg, that was coincidence. No, I think that was God. And, and, and you know, it's amazing because we expect God to do the big things, don't we? The miraculous. But God can do the little things too. And not only can he, he wants to do them for us. I think when we pray, we so often don't expect God to answer our prayers. Now, by the way, I will say this. When I got done, I spent a little bit of time thanking God for it. Because so often he'll answer a prayer and we'll just go on like he, he owed it to us. No, he was gracious to us. I hope, I hope that one day I can get to a point in my praying 
where I expect God to answer the prayer. That there would be that confidence and that boldness to do so. I think secondly, we find that Elijah Elijah prayed with fervency. Certainly, James speaks of it here as he says, The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Elijah did not lose the passion of praying. There were times, I believe, that even Jesus taught in his earthly ministry that there are some, some things that go not forth but by prayer and fasting, that there has to be a fervency in prayer. There has to be uh, a, a seriousness and a, a, an emotional tie to it. And I'm thankful that God uh, will answer prayers uh, according to His will But I feel that sometimes we do not express to God and we're not as concerned about things as we ought to be. Let me put it this way. Uh, Years ago, I was preaching on prayer in our church in Florida. And in the middle of preaching, God smote my heart. And I mean, when I say smote it, I didn't know that I was going to be able to finish preaching. Because I had prayed just before the message for God to bless Brother So-and-So who was sitting over here about where Brother Wayne is now in our church in Florida, who had cancer. And uh, I'm sitting here preaching on praying fervently. And all I could do was say, Lord, bless our brother. And then I went on with my prayer. And I thought, as I was preaching, the thought struck me, if I had cancer, I would hope that somebody who knew how to pray, who knew how to get a hold of the throne of God and shake the, the very heavens themselves with their prayers, would do more than just say blessing. I'm not saying to say bless or bless so-and-so is, is a bad thing, but I think we get in a routine with our praying, don't we? We, we get to the place where we use the, the Baptist terminology of praying. We use phrases that we're familiar with or we've heard someone else use. And we lose the heart of praying. Pray for the lost. Where's the fervency in praying for a lost person? I'm going to tell you this. If we saw hell even for a moment, I think it would change how we pray for the lost. The fervency. I'm going to tell you, there's times, even though I know these things, there are times that I go through the motions of praying to get through my prayer time. And even knowing these things, there's a danger of falling into the routine and the monotony of prayer. Where's the fervency? where's Where's the times that we come to God in prayer And we don't have a schedule to keep. We just say, Lord, when we get done praying, we'll be done. I remember years ago we started a prayer meeting in our church. And the first few times we did it, we said, okay, we're going to meet at this time. And we met at that time. And we would always say from the pulpit, you know, about 20, 30 minutes we'll be done. And thought that by saying, you know, 20 or 30 minutes that people would more people would come because they knew what kind of time frame it was. And I'm going to tell you, the first few weeks that we met and a handful of people came, 
there was one particular night where it wasn't 20 or 30 minutes. And we quit saying that. Because when it was time to pray, it was time to pray. We didn't want to put a schedule on God's time. The fervency, the heart of praying. I don't think when it came time for Elijah to pray that he said, Okay, God, you have from 9 to 9.15 this morning. That's all I've got to give you. I love the statement in the book of Daniel when he knew that the decree had been signed by the king that he went to his window and he prayed three times a day and the Bible says this as he did aforetime. He was in the habit of praying. It didn't matter what was going on in his life. Daniel was going to pray. He was going to give his time to the Lord. The effectual fervent prayer, the Bible says, of a righteous man availed much. And in 2020, I think one of the areas that God has certainly dealt in my life with is the issue of praying. Do I expect answers from Him? Do I pray fervently? Do I have that time? I'm going to tell you, there's some times you get in the prayer closet, and you be, and I, I, I use the term prayer closet, but it doesn't have to be in a room specifically, but that place that you have where you go to pray. I have a place here in town that I drive to just to have time alone with the Lord. And um, I'm going to tell you, there's some precious times there. There's some times I can pour out my heartache. There's times I can pour out the victories of my life and thank Him and praise Him for all that He's done. There's times I can come to Him with my needs and ask Him for the needs that I have and others have. Oh, that we would do more than this. My dad, years ago, preached at the end of the year on prayer. And he asked the folks, he said, I wonder what would have happened this year if we had doubled how much we prayed. And he challenged our folks to double the time that they spend in prayer. And I think there's something to be certainly admired and admired we look at and be encouraged in that. But can I say this? I don't think we ought to put time on a prayer. We pray until God's done speaking to us and we're done speaking to Him. The Bible says that we're to always be in the season of prayer, that we're to pray without ceasing. And that fervency that is there. I look at Elijah, Elijah and, and his Bible says in verse number 17, that even though he was a man subject to like passions as we are, in verse number 17 it says this, and he prayed earnestly. He prayed earnestly. There was a fervency there. There was a, an earnestness. There was an effort put forth. I, I, I want to say number three, I believe that Elijah prayed with authority. I want to clarify this, and I want to make sure that we fully understand this point and that we're careful to explain it. We should never pray with arrogance, but we should pray with full confidence in the ability of our God. There's nothing wrong with praying with authority, provided we are not praying arrogantly. We don't demand God to do things. I, these preachers that get up and say, 
uh, I bind you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and demand God to do this. and demand. We don't demand God to do anything. But we can certainly come with boldness to His throne. The Bible says that in the book of Hebrews. Not arrogantly as one who deserves it, but by relationship because we're His child. To know and expect not only for God to answer the prayer, but I think that we fail too often, far too often, to pray authority with authority. Elijah, Elijah's trying to show Ahab and the prophets of Baal a lot of the uh, problems that there was with the idolatry of the day and the power of the one true God. And I'll tell you this, Elijah didn't, didn't tiptoe around the tulips on it, did he? He said, I'll tell you what, let's set up uh, two altars. He said, we'll both call down fire from heaven and let's see whose God answers. And the one that answers with fire, here's what Elijah said, let him be God. We don't pray like that anymore, do we? We've lost it. Somewhere along the way, James uses him as an example. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And then he goes on to talk about Elijah's praying. He's one who prays with authority. The Bible says in verse number 17, he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And guess what happened? It didn't rain. In fact, it says this, it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And would have continued not raining until Elijah finally said, okay. He prayed again, verse number 18. And the heaven gave rain and the earth brought forth her fruit. Where's the praying with authority? Where's the praying with the expectation? That not only can God, and, and I think this is our problem many times. We know in our heart of hearts and we believe that God can do things. We don't trust that He will. We, we give ourselves an out in our authoritative praying. By saying, well, God may choose to do it or He may not choose to do it. When we pray with authority, we ought to know God's will on the matter. We ought to pray expecting His will to be done. There ought to be not an arrogance, but there ought to be an expectation. I'll tell you this. We ought to pray for those that are lost to be saved. Do you think God's will is for all the lost to be saved? Oh, absolutely. We know that will of God, don't we? So let's pray for it with authority. When we know the will of God to come to Him and say, Lord, let it be so. Let it be so. Let this work. Let this be part of it. And then I want to say lastly, I think we need to pray with anticipation. We pray with anticipation. When Elijah prayed for the fire to fall, I don't think he was nervous one bit. <laughs> he said, Greg, how do you know that? Because he had 12 barrels of water poured on it first. I don't think he was worried about the fire falling from heaven. There was an expectation. There was an anticipation. And I think in 2020, when it comes to our praying, we need to pray with anticipation. 
We need to pray expecting for God to answer these things. Now, I'm not talking about praying to consume it upon our own lusts, as James spoke about earlier in the book. We have, ask and have not because we ask and miss to consume it upon our own lusts. I'm not talking about that kind of praying. And I, I, I think this kind of crowd here knows what we're dealing with here. We're dealing about things that we know to be the will of God. The things that we know to be in line with His will and His work. That we pray with fervency. We pray with authority. We pray with expectation. We pray with anticipation. And may we become a people of faith when it comes to our praying. We, uh, my mom has a, a plaque in her kitchen that years ago the Lord brought across our paths. And it says, faith is not just believing that God can, but it's trusting that He will. And will I, I will say this, I believe the difference between someone who prays a prayer and someone who trusts Christ as their Savior is that one believes that God can save them, the other one is trusting Him that He will save them. I believe in our praying many times as Christians, we believe that God can, but we don't trust that He will. And as a result, when the answer comes, sometimes in spite of us, we're amazed by it. Boy, you won't believe what happened today. I prayed and God gave this answer. Boy, isn't that a surprise? No, it shouldn't be a surprise. Can I tell you this? It ought to be a surprise when God doesn't answer our prayers. It ought to be a surprise when what we pray for does not come to pass. We ought to so know the heart and will of God and pray accordingly. That we expect God to answer the prayers that we give. I, I hope this year that I can become more effective in praying. I believe one of the great, great secrets of the Christian life that is so easily forsaken is this issue of praying. So I hope that will be a help to you. I would never tied the example of Elijah to those verses before. I don't know why they're right there. But oh, as we look at that life of Elijah and his prayer power, there's some things I think we can learn from it. So I hope that will be a help to you. Let's pray together. Father, we're so thankful for your word, how it teaches and instructs and guides us. I pray that you will bless it and use it. Lord, as we uh, look at the new year, I pray that you'd help us to uh, not just make resolutions. Lord, it, it, we're, we were beyond that. But Lord, help us to make decisions consecrations to you, things that we will take and dedicate our lives to for your sake. May we make some decisions that will affect our life this year and the lives of others in our service. Dismiss us now with your blessings, we pray. Give us safety as we travel. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. God bless you. Dismissed.